Welcome to the Aligned Women's Play with Diane McKendrick, where we discuss filling your cup, embracing financial abundance, and designing the life of your dreams. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 149 of the Aligned Woman's Way. I've got a little bit of a surprise here for you this morning uh, to give you a little bit of background. It is Saturday morning, and I don't usually work on Saturdays, uh, but I opened up my phone this morning and I had a message from this gorgeous lady that I'm about to interview, and she's going to share her magic and medicine with you. And she said that she'd read my post that I had put up uh, recently and that it really resonated with her and that she wanted to jump on here and share with all the listeners her experience and her journey and her magic and medicine on how she's moved through burnout and really starting to look after herself and still do amazing things in the world. So that's a little bit of the background. Uh, I'm going to invite beautiful Katie in to introduce herself and let us know who you are, um, perhaps how we met because that's a pretty cool story as well and then how you came to be on the podcast and then we'll move into some of the the content beautiful um as you said my name is katie i started my journey gosh i guess like we all do at the very beginning and i have moved through um just katie's (laughs) laughing at me because i just picked up my phone there's a massive eagle out my door out of the window like 20 meters away and I said if it comes back in the middle of the podcast I'm going to take a photo so that's why we're giggling (laughs) just going around the corner again but keep going Katie who are you tell us all about you um so um I've been in the military um for 11 years I've been a physical trainer in the military for five years Um, before that I was big into sports I've always been into fitness I've always um yeah every sport on the sun I've given it a go whether I've been good at it or not is you know one of those things but pretty much that was my platform for my whole life was how I showed up and how I was in the leader of who I was, was, was through sport because had a lot of challenges as a kid and not able like struggling with reading and ability to um, connect and communicate, bullying all the things, um, which meant that sport was my outlet, sport was my life. Um, And then what it did was it led to, um, yeah, me joining the military. I had a family friend who, I was like, you should join the military. You know, you love that sort of stuff. So I did for a year and then here I am 11 years later. Um, obviously enjoyed it. <laughs> obviously thought it was a good idea. And so uh, just to paint the picture, you're in the military, which is the army, right? Yes, I am in the army. As a, as a physical physical trainer. Yeah, as a physical yeah. trainer instructor. Yeah. yeah. And, and Katie, Katie to look at is not the typical military person. She's tall. She's lean. She is beautiful and has the most magnificent shiny blonde hair and beautiful blue eyes that sparkle. So, you know, there's similarities there with Michelle's story. Michelle's, my oldest sister, has been in the police force or had been for 25 years. And then when we met and you said you were in the military, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's in the military. Doesn't that mean the army? Like, she's one of the most beautiful people and vibrant. Is that, like, actually even a real thing? So that's a really cool part of your story that becomes probably normal to you that, maybe you don't recognize so yeah regardless of what you look like where you come from what your culture is if you have a dream and you can do it yeah 100 um 
you really can do anything you want to do. I mean, now I own a business, which if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, that would have not have even been a thought that that could be possible. So like to come out of that, um, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do, but always had this feeling that I wanted to serve and help people move through and find their voice and power through fitness and wellness, because that's been my journey through food, through, you know, physical activity, through all of that was how I really found myself because it made me like, you know, realize what was going on in my mind and how that was affecting my performance and all of those sorts of things when it came to that. Same when it came to the military, when they throw you in and you have no time to repair and you just have to do do, do the thing, like that's just life. Like you don't think twice about it. And I guess I had to learn lots of those, um, you know, had big moments of just learning without, um, you know, them taking my legs out from under me. Which is so that's been eleven years, and you're still in the military. Yes, I still am. And then simultaneously, you're running your own business alongside that. Yes. Yep. And you know, we talked earlier about you being like having sport and food and everything as your outlet in order to stay healthy and fit and focused. Mm -hmm. Do you want to share a little bit how about how that got to a point where it was a real challenge for you because you put such high expectations and high standards on yourself like coming from a military background coming from a sporting background there's a very high standard set and you know as a woman it might be different for men I don't know I'm not a man but um yeah how that high standard played out in your life yeah well I used food as a bit of an outlet sometimes like I would you know eat really well and the way I was supposed to and I do what I was meant to do the good girl thing and and I would you know train hard and do the things I was meant to so I could perform well but then I would be so ashamed and eat things I wouldn't want to eat like shouldn't eat um, by myself in a corner hidden because that was my ability you know like I was struggling control so keep up. yeah yeah so I would that's how I started with food and it became a point where I would you know you know overeat and I just you know have those binge moments then I'd go to the gym and I'd make myself work it off because you can't have that right that's not how you perform that's not how you do well you can't gain the weight that also linked for me when it comes to love and all these other things I had linked that too due to social media, due to life. Um, so that was kind of the burnout of food where I got to the point where I was like, look, I'm not honoring food. And I came from a background as well of like my parents owned a restaurant. So food was life and celebration and love. And I wasn't honoring that anymore. And I was always fighting myself on, was I eating to perform or was I eating to actually enjoy? And so that was a really big internal battle when it came to food. And then that, that obviously then affected exercise because I would use exercise as a punishment. And then, you know, for not eating the right food and not honoring my body and then exercise wouldn't be fun. And I'd burn myself out that way so it kind of became an ongoing a rolling effect where you know I then had to be aware of that and realize that I had to make a choice why am I eating I can eat for fuel and I can eat to enjoy food I can exercise for fun and I can also go after a goal there is balance there and that was what I had to find over my journey which came into work as well like you know you have to work hard to get what you want right that's what you're told and so I would always put 10 times more effort in than the person sitting next to me. And guess what? We got the same outcome at the end of the year when we got our reports. So maybe a few words were different, but this is the thing. Like I would just constantly be giving so much of myself and put myself in jeopardy of, you know, burnout and not able to function. Yeah. And that's amazing. And I feel like with social media these days, watching other women and then setting the standard on what the perception is that somebody else is achieving or accomplishment can become really 
uh, like quite scary because you're only seeing one side of things. So comparing yourself up against other people and saying, oh, if she can do it, is it possible that I can do it? But not noticing and not having these conversations where, you know, we got to a point where like I have a similar story, having been an athlete, moving into the corporate world, working really hard, starting earlier, staying later, eating better, and then coming to that crash point. And I just find that there's so many women out there right now that are high performers, whether it be in the military, the police force, the corporate world, real estate, accountants, and these are the women that we get to work with, that they put so much effort and energy into their mission and their medicine and their why because they're passionate like you. They're so extremely passionate, but it's very masculine. It's very male-dominated. And even if it is in real estate or accounting or finance or even childcare, in order to run a business, there's an element of like deep masculine energy that we've all I guess, feel safer with and it it makes more logical sense to us. And I know I shifted and my journey changed when I realised, and we spoke about this before we got on the call, like we met at Tony Robbins. We're down the front in the diamond section and Katie like beamed like a bright light (laughs) and just was magnetised towards her. And everywhere I looked, there she was jumping up and down. I look over the other side, she's over there. And then I look over here and she's over there. (laughs) And I look up the back, she'd be up there. I look down the front, she was everywhere. Then I'd go get a coffee and she was there as well. I'm like oh my gosh, we're meant to meet. And I think Michelle met you first. And that's what we explained was there's so much masculinity. We're listening to Tony. He's the best in the world and he, and he's helped me so much. And I know he's supported and, and helped you and, and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. But at the end of the day, Tony Robbins is a dude. And as we were talking about before we got on the call, he's never had a child hanging off his leg and having to do grocery shopping, um, girl lunches, looking for the library book and the socks. And you've got, you're not a a mum yet, but you've got your own version of that. And then I realized something through my journey. It might be something similar to what what you're thinking like. And we talked about it as well. You you did the priming this morning that Tony taught us, but then you added in your softness and you added in like, what does my body feel like today? So I just think it's so relevant with so much personal development out there for us high achievers to take what we need to learn from Tony, from our mentors, from our coaches, particularly if they're male and go, okay, that's great, and it gives us the structure and it gives us the logical and it gives us uh, all that sort of stuff. But what do I need right now as a female to soften that and have it be long-term and sustainable? So do you want to share a little bit about that, Jenny, like coming from a male-dominated industry, being a hard worker, setting high standards? Like was there a defining moment for you that was like something's got to change? Like did you hit rock bottom and burn out? And then what you did to like overcome that? So because there's so many women listening to this right now that are high achievers, set high standards for themselves. They don't feel like they can have a conversation with someone because we've got this mask on this facade up that I've got to have it all together. I've got to stay fit. I've got to make the money. I've got to look after it. I've got to do it all. Mm -hmm. So by you sharing that part of your journey and your story, we give permission for these women to come into this community and be a like-minded community of conscious entrepreneurs that really take care of ourselves. So yeah, take us back to that defining moment, whether it was a moment and, and your journey through it and some things that you did to pop out the other side now and have the awareness that you have now. Yeah, my defining moment, I'm going to say now that's only really come into my awareness, probably that it was the defining moment in the last couple of years is when I was, it would have been maybe five years ago, 
I hit burnout. I was doing everything. I was running a full program for pre-recruits. So people that haven't met the fitness standard yet, um, but we bring them into a seven-week program where we help them understand what it means to move your body, what it means to like when you breathe a little bit heavy, that's okay. You're not having an asthma attack or not something's not going wrong. That's just normal. That's how you're not going to die. <laughs> you're not going to die, right? Like, and you think we think like, oh my God, this is crazy. But the beautiful thing was it brought me back to the basics of physical fitness, of life, of the brain and like your mentality, the, you know, the social interaction of learning, of enjoying fitness, of starting from the very beginning because that wasn't where I was at. Like, I had always been with high achievers. I, you know, was now a physical training instructor. I was a high achiever. I am a high achiever in in the military. So it's like that brought me back to the basics. And I was so um, just intrigued and in love because we had these incredible physios and exercise physiologists that were there that we worked with and just their ability to see that because that's what they work with from injury and their ability to get someone who was injured and get them further forward than what we were doing in our practice to go and learn from them was insane it was just like the most beautiful experience ever and at that time I was actually burnt out I had a boss that just kept writing me and writing and writing and look this person was going through their own burnout and they were not really okay but I was a great person to Brett punching bag and look I don't think they meant it but they did a really good job and I sought out of friends and asked lots of different ways I could handle this person and it got to the point where I ended up having to go above them and they ended up getting taken off me because they needed to be um, looked after and look I didn't want it to get to that point and I did everything I could not to be, but I was so burnt out and not okay that I was so lucky that I was working with the ex-physios and, and the physios. They actually, who weren't military, which was very handy because they actually looked after me and allowed me to have the space to learn still and not completely like be unable to come to work. So yeah, on that point, and I don't want to lose our train of thought, but just on a little bit of a tangent, yeah. there's so many women on the verge of burnout can you share with us some feeling like that, what that look and felt like for you? So women that are listening to this yeah. that are on the verge of burnout can hear from you because they hear it from me all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they'd love to hear from someone else. Like, <laughs> what does it look like? What does it feel like? Because I know in my own experience as well, I didn't know I was on the verge of burnout. I would just, if I felt that feeling, I would just push harder. That, that's the key. This is when all those um motivational things hey you got to push harder you got to push through so I just keep pushing until my central nervous system went splat and I ended up in bed for not a week for months so do you want to share your journey of um with the intention of letting women know what burnout looks and feels like so if they're there they know it and they can seek the help yeah so what it felt like for me was I was training a couple of times a day with the recruits I was doing a lot of you know I was doing what their training was to understand how they felt and my own stuff on top of that but I wasn't I was gaining weight I was fatigued more fatigued than anything even when I was doing the exercises I wasn't doing them well I was very um, off with the fairies I couldn't concentrate I couldn't stay focused I would forget things all the time like people would make uh, appointments and I'd think oh like I'll remember that or I'll add that in and I would be like shocked when my phone went off and be like fuck I didn't know I had anything on today like it would just I was just crying all the time I would come home and I would be a complete mess I would literally just fall asleep on my couch my dog would wake me up to go to bed so I would come home fall asleep on the couch after work and my dog at nine o'clock would tap me on the head and I'd walk to bed 
with my dog. And some nights if she didn't do that or I didn't wake up, I would wake up on the couch in the morning and be lucky to make my alarm to go to work. And literally just go again all the next day, forgetting yeah. things, lacking focus, yeah. um, crying. Yeah. Did you know you were did you know you were burning out or did you just think you had mental health stuff going on? Um both. I actually looked at taking stress leave. It was the first time in my career I had ever thought about stress leave. Didn't like thought it was something that you never do. Um, you never go see anyone, you don't do that because in the military you don't, because that you don't. means that your career is is stopped. And it means that and they look, they like to tell you that that's not true. Bullshit. Like that's what happens to most people. And you know, that's really hard. Um, they are changing that culture, they are really trying to do a good job of that but it's a it's a big system so it takes a little bit of time because you're obviously changing it with every person in the military right and you still got your old and bowls you still got you know then you got your young ones and trying to integrate of course is just takes time so yeah it was the first time I'd ever thought about taking stress leave and going and seeing a doctor the only reason I didn't um, was because I had actually asked to be moved work location to work with the physios and the ex-phys in the hospital and be removed from the defense people I worked with and I was allowed that um so when I went up there with them if they told me if I needed space or I didn't want to if they didn't like didn't want to join in on one of the classes or if I just needed to go do something outside by myself they would allow that and I was able to have that peace until that person then came up and tried to disturb that peace there and that's when I had to go to my boss above and and yeah right so you're having all these experiences you've been moved to get a little bit of space yeah. and then that person that was put in your life for whatever reason had come over into that space yeah to see what they could how dig they, up. Yeah, how they could, yeah. So that was my thing when I kind of got to, and I was lucky as well, like the videos and that, if they needed to, they were very, they like guarded me sometimes. They'd be like, look, she's busy. You can't speak to her. And they, you know, like they were definitely very aware. And one of them was ex-military, the ex-phys there. He was ex-military, had been through a similar thing. So he was there to talk to me through the whole thing as we did everything. And he said, like, if you take stress, like, go nuts. Like, do it if you want. Like, it's he wasn't against anything. But he's like, I'll support you as long as you want to stay. And so that was very helpful because I had someone who could I could relate what was happening to and they could also give me advice and how they got through it, but also just be there for me through my experience. Um, and that's probably the only reason I didn't take stress leave. And I knew that I was leaving. I only had six months left there. So I knew it was kind of about probably like three. I was definitely burnt out by the time I changed over to that six months of the end. But I knew that I was going to be away and I'd sorted out the other issues. So I think it kind of, as that kind of progressed, it was only a few months to go and I just thought I could hold on. And I did. Um which was lucky because my next posting I knew was with somebody I really respected and I hadn't had him as a boss before, but I knew really good things. And we were going to a very chilled out posting for a year, um, which I thought was going to be three, but it changed to one because that's the beauty of the military. Um, but that meant I was able to relax in and do whatever I needed to do to sort myself out for that year. So I was very lucky that the universe provided what I needed at the time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a rough time. That's a lot. And so when you got posted to the new space for three years, which turned out to be a year, what were the things, like if people are listening in and they're getting to that point where they need to make a change, do you want to break down the things that you did? Because it's all good and well for me or Tony as a coach to sit there and say, do this, 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 this and this. 
But I know with my experience through burnout, when people were telling me to do more, even the simplest thing, and this is something we spoke about earlier as well, like everybody says, and, and myself, I advocate for a morning routine and a nighttime routine, and then and then you structure your day accordingly. But I got to the point in my experience of burnout that I even the thought of doing a morning routine exhausted me. Like I couldn't get up and I couldn't function. I couldn't get my brain into a space to do that. So do you want to go through your journey from, you know, once you got that space, what was the the journey and the pathway to becoming the woman that you are today? Like right back from the beginning. And sometimes it's easy to forget because I don't know, we just do it and we get through it and you get to the other side of it and you could kind of forget how bad it was. But yeah, I just know that there'll be women and maybe men listening to this that are, you know, of all full spectrum from on the verge of burnout to deep in burnout to coming out the other side in the cusp of like the upward. And then we need to make sure that we know our triggers, which will go into the next part. And we know the keys that are going to bring us back down again. So let's start right at the beginning when the fog started to clear what what were the actions or the thoughts or the feelings that you were taking to move through or move out of that? Yeah, so when I posted, I didn't have a house yet. Um, so I ended up going and staying with my family for a period of time. That was good in the way of having love around me um, alone, but it also meant that I struggled to not have my own space. So that was a, it was a bit of a it was good for a little bit, but I think I was there on the cusp of again a little bit too long because it was hard for me to get into a routine or a rhythm and I kind of, but the love was really beautiful and I hadn't lived with people in a very long time because I've lived on my own for most of my military career. So, um, yeah, it was beautiful, but it was time for that to move on and then I found this house that I'm currently in right now. Um beautiful little house brought my grandma here and she absolutely loved it so that was great um and we I moved into here and what I did to start with was absolutely nothing I just was allowing myself to be I like would listen to things that made me feel good I like music I um I wanted to go out I would go out I would take my dog for a walk that was my big thing um that still is my big thing to this day is allowing myself to go out with her and explore and adventure in nature because I know nature is such a big thing for me but I honestly just let myself live my life in a very relaxed way that suited what was going to work for me um so that was the start. And I think I did that for a little bit until I got really frustrated because I wasn't going anywhere because I'd hit my 10 years of army. And for me, I wanted to get out. That was my full plan. In my brain, it was like, you will leave at 10 years because you get your long service leave. And then that's time for you to go. And I got to my 10 years in February of that year and went, fuck, I've got nothing to go to. What am I going to do next? Right. So there, your whole identity is wrapped up in being in the military. Yeah. I, I remember when Michelle went through that and I went through it coming out of the corporate work. It's just like, oh, now I'm feeling better. But if I let go of that, that who the F am I? Like, if I'm not that person. Yeah, that's huge. That's a huge one. Probably could do a whole podcast on it. Yeah. So, yeah, your plan was to leave the military after the 10 years. Yeah. So that was in my brain. And then I went, fuck, I can't do that. I've got nothing to go to. And I was like, I'll just do anything, you know, and that's a fun grand idea when you think about it. But then when you look at how much you earn and then how much you, you know, where I live, I live in Sydney. Uh, It's not a cheap place to live. Um, You know, all the benefits and things. And you're like, crap, I can't just go work at Woolies and still have the lifestyle that I want. I can't do all these things. Anyway, 
So I was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I'd for years been talking about a business. I years I've been talking because that's what my MO is. I'd talk about something for at least five years before I kind of jumped in. Um, and so a lot of my friends would always be like, okay, so excited for you. Can't wait for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> bless. And so I was, I started just doing, once I felt I'd had six months of just doing life and kind of just coming back down and I would try little things like I'd read some books or, you know, I'd listen to podcasts and, you know, maybe try things here and there and see, I tried a morning routine, didn't love it, tried a night routine. You know, I I gave things a go that felt good to me. I think that was the biggest point was I had to come to it myself. Like I had to and listen to something and if I it resonated with me and I felt good about it I would do it but what I came back to was just literally walking my dog like that was the biggest thing I love her I love being out in nature as long as I did that every day for me that was a win and I just allowed that to be the win at the time if I got a morning routine amazing if I didn't okay if I drank water great if I made my coffee good job like it was just one of those beautiful things where I gave myself the six months until I got the itch and then it was like crap I need to do more because I actually now have the energy and the space to open up to do more so then yeah I went and so just just pause there for a sec because as you were speaking I was taking notes (laughs) very good student Uh, and what I'm hearing and I want to summarize it for those that are listening because you just gave us so much information in your journey just then. So I feel like up to this point, there was three phases. The first phase that you went through was moving in with your family. So seeking out that love and connection and being around people. Because when you get into that survival state and you can't really cook for yourself, you can't be bothered, or you can't even manage putting a meal together. Um, so it was one, love and connection and being with your family. And then it moved into the next thing after you got that you decided you needed your own space because that was something you sacrificed or you, which you had to sacrifice in order to get the love and connection and be with a family, which was so important. So anybody that's listening to this, I just want you to filter this through your own brain, wherever you are on the spectrum and see if you can pinpoint where you are and possibly what's next, because what Katie's telling us isn't um, like individualized to you. When I break my stuff down, it's exactly what I did as well. I might say it in different words and all the, women and men that I work with that come to me that have been through when I listen to their stories, they all do the same thing in a different way. So I'm going to summarize it here. So love and connection with the family. Then you found your own space so you could start to rebuild again. Um, got your own house with your grandma in Sydney. And then there was this awareness of nothing. Allowing your, I just got goosebumps, allowing yourself to do fuck all. Like absolutely nothing. If you got your coffee made, you got it made, but like literally just going through the day for you, and this is a similar for most people, but you need to know what it is for you. Um, it was walking with your dog and being in nature. So animals and nature, once again, is a very common theme that comes up amongst us humans that when we want to feel calm and focused and renewing, nature and pets and animals is really powerful. Then I heard you move into phase two. So once you had let yourself be and you found your things that would fill you you up being nature and your dog and probably a range of other things phase two was then the identity shift now you've got your energy back now you're feeling more powerful you're like considering leaving the military which is who you were for the last decade mm-hmm. and so you you go through, oh god goosebumps again you, maybe because it's cold it's for quite cold today but this is a cool conversation too so you move through that identity shift and that's hard and people don't talk about this very much 
And I've written about it in both of my books. I've published two books, Rise Up, The Soulful Guide to Success, which is exactly what we're talking about right here, thinking that the success is being the overachiever, making the money, getting the promotion. It's my first book, where in actual fact, it's conversations like this. It's that light shine. I don't know if you can see it, but you have a light shining right into your third eye right now. <laughs> I'll have to post a photo of it. Um, yeah, deep connection with people and being on purpose. And that was the next part of phase two that I heard you say was you started, once you were aware of the identity and the shift that you needed to make, you then started to think about your purpose and what mattered to you and what could make a difference and how you might be able to do that. And then part of that I heard you say was awareness you started to trial things and see what felt good to you and I think this is key for anyone listening in we've been brought up as children in our generation not the next generation they're taught do what feels good because we're teaching them we were taught do the friggin' hard thing do the thing everyone else isn't prepared to do get to training earlier stay later eat better stretch more (laughs) do the hard thing make it hard if it's not hard it's not worth it go I still come up against this in my business. I'm sitting here relaxing. My brain's like, shouldn't I be doing something? No, I'm creating a business where I set boundaries and I can work hard, but I'm not working hard 24-7 anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, really trialing and getting that awareness around what feels good to you because if you've worked for a really long time, and I don't know if you've had your experience of this, but I didn't know what felt good to me. I didn't know what my opinion was. I did what the culture told me. I did what society told me. I went and got a job because that's what everybody else did. I stayed at that frigging job because that's what everybody else did. I drank coffee every morning and ate cheesecake, not because I wanted to and it felt good. I'm lactose and dairy and gluten-free and intolerant and all those things. I'm sitting there shoving my face with cake and drinking coffee and Remember those Vegemite scrolls? I was eating those every morning. Big milky coffee sugar is terrible. So I had to like strip everything back and go, what feels good to me? And that's a really hard question for someone that's been on the journey that you just explained. And then that brings us into what you were about to tell us. You said to us, uh, then I got the itch. So let's launch into the itch and tell us about that. (laughs) So the itch was that I'd always wanted to start a business. In my grand plan, I wanted actually to open a holistic health center to help. Um, I didn't either wanted to do children or with disabilities. I looked into that or I looked into um, just everyone in general, have a holistic view, kind of like a sports team. They have, you know, every aspect in one area so they can help that person in a holistic way. And so that was my huge vision. I'd had that for a while and I'd been, you know, I've got a um paintbook which I've been drawing that out and I've been trying to work out all the bits how could I do that because in my mind I thought I wasn't posting to Sydney I thought I was going I wanted to go to Brisbane and so I was like I can set all this up this would be amazing I've got this I can go and like present it to people this is going to be the best thing ever then I got a posting to Sydney and I was like okay um realizing though that it was the best thing at the time because of my boss who allowed me to just do my job and he was like do whatever feels good for you knew that I'd been through burnout we'd spoken about it so um that was the beautiful thing I had that space to relax take my time and then had the itch and I actually got offered a promotion that's why my posting changed from one to two years um sorry from three to one year because they were like, do you want to get promoted? And I was like, not really. <laughs> I'm really enjoying like that where you're talking about, like I get the itch now. I want to like look into what I want to do and I really want to envelop that. But why would I want to promote to do that? Like anyway, um, bless it all. Because you can, get, you can get post-traumatic stress. Like if you've already had burnout and then you're offered a promotion, and I found this in my business, I got burnt out. 
And then some days where I've got a full day, I can notice a physiological reaction just because my calendar is full and I do set boundaries, but I'm noticing a feeling coming through. So you being offered a promotion could have been the catalyst to you going, oh, hold on a second. If I take this, am I going to go back there? Yes. And that was the big thing, right? My boss had come in and he thought, oh, you know, like my boss above, anyway, two bosses up. He'd come in and he was like super excited to offer it to me. And I was like, can I think about it? And he was like, why? <laughs> I was like, I just, I just need to think about it. So I sat with my immediate boss and had a real chat to him. And he's like, look, you don't, you know that I'm here to help you. I know what you've been through. We're on the same level. I'll be able to assist if you need anything because it was still in Sydney. So I wasn't going to, like interstate. Um, it was just a different base. And he was like, I'm here. I can support you. If you need anything, we'll work this out. Um, he's like, we didn't know who our boss would be because our boss was leaving. Um, so we were, he was like, we'll work it out with the new boss. We'll sit down with him together. We'll talk about it or her together. Um, we'll talk about it and we'll, you know, support you in any way we can. And I was like, okay, all right, it feels good. I'll go with it. So I took it. Also being mindful that I didn't get into that, you know, like overwork. So I took a little bit of extra leave and I kind of made sure and because um, I obviously had someone I was managing now. And so I didn't rock up on the first day because I took extra leave and, and she did. And I messaged her and I was like, make sure that you just do whatever feels good for you today. There's nothing on. It's the first day of work. We do, Nothing starts till in a few weeks anyway. She was stressed. She's like sitting there, like watching around, like she's all like tensed up, waiting for some sort of big thing. And anyway, and so I wasn't there. So I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. Like I was very relaxed because my last boss had shown me the beauty of what I what I realized was my last boss had shown me how you can be completely relaxed, do everything that is good for you. Because he would be the one walking in and be like, Why aren't you training right now? Why are you sitting on your computer? He's like, why are you not sitting down and eating lunch here and not at your desk? Like he would be very vigilant on me all the time because of the fact we'd spoken about the burnout and because I didn't allow myself time. And he'd be like, why are you still sitting here and go home? He'd be like, what is happening here? So he helped me understand. And that was what gave me the energy and the ability to see what a leader does, right? What a leader can show you in their ability to look after themselves because he did that for himself. He didn't just tell me to do it. He did it for himself and he he led and showed me and also made sure I came with him. And so that was beautiful because it allowed me to see what I wanted to be as a leader. Like I wanted, I wanted to be that person. So stepping into this new role, I was able to harness him, I guess, what he had taught me and what he had shown me because I felt the energy shift and my ability to be able to come into my own leadership I was supported. I was um, allowed to do everything that served me to get to the point where I was able to open up my eyes and look at the at look at. I went and saw a tarot card reader and got an energy healings from her and cut lots of cords, which were me grieving the whole the process. And it allowed me to look into. I wanted a business coach and I wanted um, some certification qualifications. Both of those things came into me before I even went to my new job. So I had them set up in December. I was ready to jump in whatever it looked like because even at that time, I mean, I had an idea, but I wasn't really sure. So I was just ready to jump in. So I had all that set up. So when I moved to my new job, I already had another focus, which was very handy because it meant that I didn't dive straight into being this leader and this new person in this identity of being a Sergeant PDI because I was like, I do have other things I really want to do that serve me. 
and wow. huge yeah yeah so All right, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna summarize that before you go on to the next part so breaking that down the first thing that you said in phase number three <laughs> we could do a great vision model of this is <laughs> that you had to bring it all together. So you started to get creative and you started dreaming again. So phase number three of like coming back from the burnout is the vision. You start to have a vision again and allow yourself to start dreaming. So that's huge. Then you had to take a lot of trust and be around people that you trusted. So the boss, the new boss came in and spoke to you about creating that space and boundaries for yourself and he led the way. And what happened there, so it goes vision, trust, and then change. So he is there to support you. And the things I heard that you changed through your story was your thoughts and your own beliefs about how you wanted to show up for the new recruit that was in there that was sitting there for the day while you were resting. (laughs) So that's a huge thing as as an over, uh, uh, recovering over and, and those sort of thoughts. Being around that new boss and doing all your cord cutting was allowing you a new community, like a new community of people that held a higher standard in terms of their health and ability to lead. And the other really, the thing that's really stuck out to me there, and this is something I'm very passionate and committed and devoted to in my own leadership, is setting the boundaries and walking, like doing, not just saying it, but embodying my message as a leader. Setting the boundaries, taking a rest. And so you got that from your leader and you decided that's the type of leader that you wanted to be because I think we can both agree and everybody listening is when you see someone walk the walk, that is far more powerful than reading it in a textbook or hearing it from stage or hearing someone on a podcast. When you actually see uh, an aligned woman or leader do what they offer, it's kind of shocking in a way. I remember seeing it in one of my leaders and when she just told me no or whatever it was it was just like oh my gosh she's allowed to do that and 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 as a client it actually felt really good it felt great that she had a boundary and that she was upfront and honest and then it gave me this um, unspoken energetic permission to start doing that with my clients and my clients thrived on it when I started setting clear boundaries and then when it was hard because sometimes it is because you're going through this whole thought and belief system shift and change so it is hard I just would remember as a client how even if it was triggering or challenging how healthy it was for me to see that and be that be on the other end of it so if you're in a leadership role have a look through where you're out of alignment telling people to do things but not necessarily doing them yourself I saw your face light up when you said that was the leader I chose to be so now you're in alignment on your path and others even before you speak a word in any of your content because I know you have a program that you run Mm. that you are the embodied experience of your teachings yeah. And that is very powerful. That's a very powerful coach. And then the next part I heard you say be- before I paused you again <laughs> was balance, like you're coming back to balance. So do you want to pick up there and share that next part of the journey when things started to fall into place and you took it all back to harmony and balance? Yeah. So the beautiful thing and um, about all of that is that because I was mentoring my corporal, um, who was the one that was a bit crazy on the first day, she like it was what my effect on me was my effect I was going to have on her. So it was very much like that's where it came in, right? Like that's the thing. If I don't lead and look after myself and do all the things that I want her to be, then I'm what am I doing here? 
So this is huge, this part, because when you're doing it, and this is how I always run my, my life and my business, I come to each interaction with what can I give rather than what can I get. Mm-hmm. And when you make your health and healing about other people, like yourself first, obviously, and filling your own cup, but then when you're full and you're functioning, you make it about someone else, like you would have changed the trajectory of that young woman's life. And and you'll be the teacher and the leader that she remembers when she's 30, 40, 50, 60, talking about you like you did just about your boss. And that's true legacy. That is truly what life is about, is that fulfillment and connection. And you have altered her life. And she's going to go on and alter so many other people's lives because so they don't have to hit the burnout stage and have to scrape themselves up off the floor. So how does that feel? Amazing. Honestly, it... It makes me want to cry a little bit. Um, then just pure gratitude because, like I said before, my boss that I had, who's now um, a peer, well, he'll be he's promoting at the end of the year, but he's a peer at the moment. And then I got another boss that came in that did the same thing. It was like they were two angels that came down from heaven to both show me this is exactly right. And then when I got that, was supported me to then help her, you know. And I think and her and that obviously all helped me. But they. I can't even tell you, I don't know many people in defence like these two men who were able to do that, like, and show me so I could embody everything to show her. Like, and it does, like, it's a very beautiful work environment. Like, it's, it was um very, very, um, what was it, like, peaceful and loving and, and they were very empowering for me because then I could also go and do my business and I could also go and do the certification course that I put myself in, which was an American course, which meant sometimes I was up till two in the morning and then I'd go to work. So that meant that I could do the certification course, I could build my business and I could still do my job in the most fulfilling way that helped and led everyone, myself, my you know subordinates, my leaders, everything that yeah, I, I don't think I could express the gratitude I have that made that a possibility. And now to the point where I've taken four months of, I've taken my long service leave and I've stepped into my business, which is a whole nother, um, I guess, step in this process. But I was supported going into that. Like a lot of people, when they say they want to take time off or, you know, that's when military or people get a bit like, oh God, now we've lost this asset and you know we can't lose that because that will mean that everyone else has to work harder and there's a big you know like gosh this is not what we want I get really um, disgruntled about it but I was met with love and acceptance and that's such a huge thing like and I definitely get really emotional about it because it's beautiful like to feel that way when you're stepping into something that's so you and so what you're aligned to move forward into and you're supported by people that um, you know like we'll have to pick up a little bit of extra slack or we'll have to do a bit extra work because I won't be there for four months but they didn't care they were just happy that I followed my dream and went after what I wanted so I think that's the beautiful thing is when you allow that into your life as well when you're accepting and you're moving into your aligned purpose the universe opens up to you to allow you to have what's going to serve you to move forward and I think that's the most beautiful gift you could ever receive yeah wow and just taking a moment to acknowledge you in the journey and and the roles that everybody's played because this truly is like the magnificence of life what you're explaining, like the journey, and would you change any of it for the world? Mm-mm. 
And then you come to this place of uh, freedom where you can then step fully into your business and lead with embodied experience. So tell me about the women that are lucky enough to work with you and be in your space. Who do you work with now? I work with the most incredible women uh, from ranging from all sorts of things, military, non-military, like, you know, everywhere, all facets of life, who align with themselves in their health and wellness, whatever that looks like, because I believe that it doesn't look the same for everyone and I believe that we're told we're meant to do all of these things and that's really great, but if you can't sustain them over the long term of your life, then what are you doing? It's a waste of it. Like I just think the women that... I work with now are high performing people that don't have time. Like you don't have all the time to sit for 20 minutes and do this beautiful big meditation or this amazing morning routine or this night routine that causes you stress because you're like, holy crap, how am I going to fit it in? And also my sleep time and what does this look like? So I wanted to help. And I have women that I work with now that I help just come up with small little tippets here and there that suits them. It's nothing to do with what everyone thinks health and wellness should look like, fitness should look like. I do movement, I do food, I do how, you know, obviously limiting beliefs like NLP, all those things. I've, you know, did certifications, Reiki, hypno, everything. I made sure that I had a lot of skills behind me to allow me to be able to facilitate their growth in whatever it looks like for them. And so I empower them to, yeah, to get out of their comfort zone, to try new things, to just come into the woman that they are. And it looks different for everyone. So that's what I do for them is just allow them to reconnect with themselves and align with whatever it looks like to them when it comes to their wellness and their fitness and their journey of life. I love it. I love, love, love it. And if someone's listening to this from my following and they're interested in getting in touch with you, where's the best place to find you? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, probably the best places. I have a link tree and everything on there, which connects you to all the things. I also have a free uh, six-day challenge if you just want to try it for free and, you you know, just want to do something for six days to reconnect. It actually has one each day is a challenge related to something different. So soul challenge, you know, there's like food, there's movement, there's all the things, there's videos for you can follow and all that and all of that. And it's completely free. So you can jump on there as well. And if it resonates with you and you want to keep working with me, there's other ways too. If not, and you just really enjoy the challenge, I'd love that too. Cause I just want people to be able to come back to who they are. And I want really Yeah. That's beautiful. So Katie Sontag, K-A-D-I-S-O-N-N-T-A-G. And that's Instagram and Facebook. You can look Katie up and get a little bit more of Katie magic. <laughs> if there's anyone listening in from Katie's following or you're new to the community, um, you guys all know me or most of you do. I'm Diane McKendrick. And if you wanted to follow along on my stuff, the best place also is Instagram. And Facebook, Diane, D-I-A-N-E, McKendrick, M-C-K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K. So you can follow me, Instagram, Facebook. And also I work with my sister and our business name is called Those Two Sisters. Those two, the number two sisters, pretty easy. That's our website. So you can go there and you can see all our retreats. We run retreats for women like Katie and the, the women that you work with, women like us. Um, we've got one coming up next week, actually, still four spots available available out there chucking that out there uh, but you can find all that information on our uh, website www.those two sisters that eagles back those t-h-o-s-e the number two sisters s-i-s-t-e-r-s dot com 
I'm trying to talk and take a photo of the eagle at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so if you're tuning in, listen. Um, you can listen to the podcast as well, The Aligned Woman's Way. This is episode 149. Katie, do you have a podcast yet or is that something in the pipeline for you? Definitely in the pipeline for me, but yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, get that out because you're such a beautiful speaker and you've got so much to share. And my personal experience of a podcast is, you know, we'll be here chatting or I'm out there taking photos of the eagle or down on the beach or with my kids. And that's why I wrote the book. So two books, Rise Up, The Soulful Guide to Success, which I mentioned earlier. And the second one's called Millionaire Mum, The Best of Both Worlds. And that's about how you can have um, financial freedom. So the millionaire part is the metaphor for financial freedom. And the motherhood is about what I'm passionate about. And I had a belief that I could have one or the other. And you'll have, even if you're not a mum, you'll have usually financial freedom is a big goal for most people that I hang out with anyway. So you'll have your financial freedom part and you'll have something else you love to do whether it be your business or motherhood, but there's this limiting belief, this veil that you can't have both. And that was my belief. I didn't know I was thinking it. I was burning out myself trying to get to it. And then one day I was like, I actually do. And I am. Millionaire mum, the best of both worlds. I can be a multimillionaire and leave a legacy outside of the family unit as well as within it. So now that's my life and my lifestyle now is I get to work with incredible women, run retreats, do the podcast. We uh, have done a jewelry line, a clothing line, I've got a deck of affirmation cards that I did up. I've got my own customized protein powder. Katie, I don't know if I told you that yet, but <laughs> I needed protein powder and I couldn't find the one I wanted. So I rang the scientist and the nutritionist and did all the research and got my own protein powder. That's called Fit Family Protein. So you can get all of that uh, on the website, www.those2sisters. Well, come to a retreat, whatever you want. <laughs> so I wanted to thank you, Katie, for being here with us and at the last minute jumping on. I think it's been divine timing and it's really nice to see your smile and reconnect. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, I was going to say sitting in the arena cheering for you, but I'm in the arena right beside you, um, working hard in the work hard times and resting and relaxing in the resting yeah. times and setting clear boundaries and cheering for other women and, you know, being a woman on purpose, being the aligned woman who gets to have financial freedom and do what she loves with people she loves day in and day out. We don't have to sacrifice those things in order to live the life of freedom. So is there any final words you'd like to add before we finish up? I'd like to just say go after whatever you want in this life and whatever feels good to you is right for you. Wow. Going to quote that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I'll see you all same time, same place next week. Hey there, beauty. Thank you so much for joining us at Those Two Sisters and tuning in to the Rise and Shine podcast series. As a special gift to all of you, we would like to offer you a taste tester of what it would be like to work with those two sisters, myself and my sister, Michelle Ann. So for $97, you get seven days Voxer access with both Michelle and I and a whole bunch of other stuff, which is absolutely priceless. So for $97, if you wanted to come over, filter that through your own body, feel how it would feel for you to dip your toes in and have really close proximity and access to both Michelle and, and myself for several days and the extended community so we can really start to light that fire, to stoke that fire within you and get you the life that you desire. Let's go. If you're wanting access to this, please send me a personal message. I will have my team send you the link and you can sign up right there on the spot and absolutely revolutionize and change your life.